Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Don't worry, it's not what you think. Wait for it. Five hundred and seven. There it is. Oh. I'm measuring some sort of liquid. Five twelve. And I'm being super careful. I went over. What do you think it is? Let's listen in again. Maybe I'm filling chicken waters or a pig trough. Five hundred and seven. No, I'm getting pretty precise. Oh. Maybe I'm combining liquids to feed some sort of anaerobic bacteria that's going to produce a super jet fuel that'll heat my homestead forever for no money. Huh? I went over, so I will just... No, it it's something even more important. Okay, beauty. 110 grams. Next, we have active sourdough starter. For the first time in my life, I am baking bread. Bread, it's fundamental to the human experience. In the last five years, we've given bread a real hard time. Gluten-free world, low-carb diets, don't even mention a name Atkins around a loaf. But bread's been there for us, like for centuries. Go back to the dawn of agriculture, when people stopped roaming around and started planting and growing. As soon as they started doing that, they started breaking wheat down, making flour, whether they used stones or they had animals to help them. As long as we've been farming, we've been buttering our toast. And yet, all the time, all the centuries that we've been enjoying this, we still don't really understand how it even works. Bread is a simple food, but the chemical process that transforms those few basic ingredients into the delicious bread that we love so much, it's anything but simple. 
It's built of an astonishing number of chemical compounds that have active links to one another. We still really don't know how it all works. If you looked at a menu in the last five years, you'd think bread was the enemy. But for all of our human history, it's not just been a staple. It's been religious. Jesus told us we could ask God every day for bread. And most of us do eat bread every day. So today on Homesteady, we're talking bacon. And you're going to get to follow along as I make the first loaf of bread I've ever made in my life. And my wife coaches me safely from the sidelines. You ready? Preheat your ovens. Put a little flour on your hands. Here we go. The world that we live in is a crazy place, but you and me, we can each make it a little better. We can live a more sustainable life. We can become more self-sufficient. We can get more connected with the planet around us. And we can do all of this together. So everybody, cozy up. It's time for another episode of Homesteading. Alright, um, am I doing it right on the t um, countertop? Yes. Do we need some... Sprinklings of powder? Well, first we have to mix the dough. Remember, you have to talk loud. Okay, first we have to mix the dough. So you're getting ahead of yourself starting a knead already. Oh, okay. Okay, so you got the scale. It was a cold February day. We'd all just been sick for almost two months. And we were tired of being cold and not feeling good. I decided it was the perfect day to learn to bake. And because I have a show, I figured I'd record the process so you could hear it live. So you guys could hear what it's like for somebody who's never baked in their life to learn how to bake from a great baker. You see, my wife comes from a family full of great bakers. It's family heritage. It's like a religion passed down from generation to generation. When I met her, in fact, day two practically, I had a freshly baked apple pie in my house. It was like her signature dish. We started dating and I kept getting these delicious warm apple pies. And before you know it, now we're married. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The pies were delicious. I always thought Kendra was a great baker because she was taught by the legend, her grandmother, her great aunt. While recording this episode, like while the microphone was on, I uncovered a bit of a shocking revelation. And then when we come back in, then when we come back in, I can be like, and I never baked until I met this guy, which sounds pretty cliche, but... That totally blew me away. I still like, I today I learned that my wife just started baking, like when I first was this like date number two. How yeah. did you even know I liked apple pie? Um, I think you and your dad tell everybody you like apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not one of those family secrets. You know, there looks like so, there's a problem with your. Apparently, I have this reputation. Might as well live up to it. If you'd like to send us an apple pie, I know we got some good pie makers out there. I'm yeah. just saying. Your dad loves apple pies. So yeah, I, I do love apple pie, and I did. So, um, I I think I'm kind of cocky about some things, like like the jam making. I yeah. thought I could do it because my mom did it. 
the baking was pretty much the same thing. My grandma bakes, my mom bakes, my great aunt owned a bakery. So of course, I can bake too. (laughs) It's not going to be a problem. I was so confident about my baking skills. (laughs) (laughs) I remember all the pies were good. That's right. That's what you just said. That's right, they were. Husbands, that's what you said. So now you can see my confusion. I had these great pies showing up on my door. My wife comes from a long line of bakers. I just assumed she was trained like the Jedi apprentice. Her grandma up on her shoulders like Yoda. More dough. More kneading. Do or do not. There is no pie. Huh? Pretty good, right? else for me this was like pivotal though when we were dating like every week there was a new apple pie and my dad was one over right away he had no qualms with the relationship and i was stringing it along so i could get as much pie as possible (laughs) and here i am today still so it was amazing to learn that she just taught herself to bake it's like baking is in the family blood it's a skill that's there and And when the flour and the water is in front of you, your hands activate. Okay, so my great aunt owned a bakery, which is pretty much the coolest thing ever as a little kid. Walking into that bakery, acting like we owned that place. Those are my buns. (laughs) So every weekend as a family, we'd go to the bakery. We'd walk in, we'd get, she had pizzas, um, little cupcakes with clown heads on them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you ever seen those <laughs> the creepiest snack ever <laughs> but they were really I'll get good. you back for this <laughs> oh they were so good cookies oh it was so, so you can good. see this is a skill that's in the family i would not describe it as a skill that's in my family for kendra and her grandma it's a lot about feel a handful of this a pinch of that this was me preparing my dough all right so we're ready Ready for this? Are you excited? How do you feel? Yeah. Excited? excited? Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's your recipe. Oh, man. You're just going to set me loose on a recipe? Yep. Yeah, it's just water, sourdough starter, bread flour, whole wheat flour, and you're going to teach salt. me to do it. You just, all you have to do is weigh all these things. That's how this skill was passed down in Kendra's family. So here's your recipe. Yes. Oh. You're just going to set me loose? You see, growing up, my wife never really spent time with her grandma learning to bake. And she never really asked her mom how to do it either. It wasn't a skill she was trying to learn until she'd moved away from home. Then all she really had was these family recipes. And somewhere deep down, a desire to become really good at this. Water and pour it in. Why do we do it by weight? It's more accurate than like measuring cups. What about the meniscus? It doesn't matter if you're wet, if you're weighing it. The meniscus always matters. No, it doesn't. That's what they taught me in school. But you're weighing it. You're not looking. All right. Forget the meniscus. That's going to be the t-shirt. So five ten. Five pounds. No, five hundred and ten grams. Five hundred and ten grams. This is going to be awesome. That's seventy-two grams. Kendra's great aunt, Aunt Jan, they called her, had a bakery in Pennsylvania. Now, if you've ever been to Pennsylvania or if you live near there, maybe you're from Pennsylvania, you are a big shout-out, you know that they have their own menu of items at the bakery. 
there's things that you won't find anywhere else that I've never seen or heard of. And let's just say my wife is not the only thing from Pennsylvania that I've fallen completely in love with. Bakery pizza. Sick Pennsylvania pizza. Yeah, right? Have you ever had that anywhere no. else? It's like bread pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure the Italians wouldn't call it There's pizza There's this at all. bread pizza. It's like big, thick, fat, bready pizza. And as a guy who's Italian, whose grandma is, makes his Italian meatballs as you can get, it's kind of like pizza that's against everything I've ever known. But it's really good. There's pepperoni rolls, little bread rolls with pepperoni in them. And then there's the gob. <gasps> the gob was a life-changing experience for me. Great baker. When we go for a hunt camp in November... I she think makes. You've talked about this before. I probably and have. We go down every year for deer camp. Kendra's mom makes a big batch of gobs, and she uses a secret family recipe, one that's been passed down. I tried to get the recipe for you guys. I even tried to give it just to our members. This was not allowed. <laughs> Sorry, homesteady pioneers. Even you guys can't get the gob recipe. Um, they're like a little. Uh, Connecticut people, East Coasters, you might know them as whoopie pies. No. That's what I thought they were. No, I know, I know. Easy, easy. You tell a Pennsylvania person it's a whoopie pie. You can see my wife's about to knock over the microphones over here. You know what they look like. They look like a whoopie pie. They are nothing like a whoopie pie. Is that okay? <laughs> can you put the gun down? They're not a whoopie pie. But when you see one, if you're not from Pennsylvania, you're going to say, oh, a whoopie pie. No, not a whoopie pie. <laughs> it's a gob. Two little cakes that are round and bulbous split down the center like a big giant Oreo. And in the middle is not a marshmallow, cool whip, nothing. No, no. <laughs> it's, what is it? Flour. Like a roux? Mic. It's like a roux? That doesn't help, does it? Yeah, Pennsylvania, obviously, they have, like, their own version of Do you have bacon. any listeners in Pennsylvania? Yeah, Pennsylvania's got some downloads. Nice. Write to us about gobs. So, if you know what gobs are, write in, and we will give you a gold we'll star. We'll bake some gobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should bake some gobs today. But we weren't making gobs. We were making bread. So, let's get back to that. <laughs> Is this all the farther you've gotten? Yeah. <laughs> Don't come in here all braggadocio. Thank you. Trying to get it just right. I know. You're probably getting like really. Oh, I am. <laughs> this was That's 180 good. on the dot. Oh, nice. Okay, let's put your scale, put it back in. Oh, we need the yeast? It's not yeast. Oh, Sourdough okay. is the yeast. What is it? This is salt. Oh. What kind of salt? Sea salt. Wait, wait, no, you can't put it in. I have to put it in. Oh. Okay, put in like 15 grams. Why did you want to do it though? Because is... it's very extra salty, so I don't put in exactly 18. It's okay, it'll, it'll take more than Looking eight. back, it my wife wishes salt. that she had taken more time baking with her grandma. Her grandma is a master. She's the kind of person who doesn't need to look at a recipe, she bakes by feel. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And in fact, it actually could make it a little hard to learn from her. Because everything's just a pinch or a handful. Right. Your grandma is a good baker. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so bread, pies. She makes the best pies. That's who I got my pie crust from when I first started baking was her recipe. Cookies. Everything she makes is good. You would think having someone in the family this good, you would have to find a way to learn from her. But it was difficult. Your grandma. You didn't learn to bake from her. She doesn't have a recipe. So you go, you ask for a recipe, and she goes, oh, it's a handful of this, and a handful of that, and a pinch of this. Okay. How long, you know, do you need it for? Oh, until it feels right. You make her sound like Mary Poppins. Okay. (laughs) You know her name's Mary Jane. A handful of flour and a spoonful of yeast. Um... As you guys know from listening to the show long enough, I'm not the most serious of sorts, and I'm probably somebody that's hard to teach. But fully knowing what to expect, she decided she'd try to teach me anyway. She did a great job, and she definitely put up with all my shenanigans. Like a gymnast? See how it's all kind of loose right now? You want to squish it all together until it makes one big ball of flour. Like a gymnast. It's all about the dismount. Feels like it's sticking to my fingers. It's okay. Now give me a, like, am I gonna overwork this? Am no, I gonna no. I'm to open up a donut company? Oh, wow. Does it feel nice? Yeah, it's like, so, woo, it's like grabbing a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> grabbing a cloud's tush. Hey there, Mr. Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take this. Like grabbing a cloud's tush. This is the student my wife was stuck with. Wonder what her grandma would have told me. So do this. Okay, so it's almost like you're doing CPR on the ball. Okay. So you're going like, go down. One, two, three. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Clear? Oh, that's not CPR. That's the other thing. Like a good teacher, she doesn't stifle my creative spirit. Oh. I don't think regular people are allowed to shock people. No, you can't just... She lets me ramble on about how kneading dough is a lot like CPR. On the wall and you can just grab it. <laughs> Clear! Okay. You so we're going to do this in. for oh, five minutes? Five minutes? And then we're going to cover really? it and let it rest and then do this for another five minutes. What? know what kind of thing I was getting into here. Which is why I like my little kneading station oh, to yeah. be a little lower. Yeah, this is like strenuous on a blogger. Now, these are like unique muscles, though. Like, unless you're, I'm telling you, unless you're doing CPR every day <laughs> or baking, I bet you, oh man, if you're going to have a heart attack, eh? Do it in a bakery. Do it in a bakery. So there's a good chance that if you're going to have a heart attack, you're going to have it uh-huh. in a bakery. 
But then she brings me back. She focuses me on the task at hand. And of course, she focuses me on how things feel. Now feel it now. See how it feels. Alright, this feels... It's firm, right? <laughs> feels like... It's like Play-Doh. Which would make sense. Yeah. It's firm. Right? Mm-hmm. Baking now, really is an art. Happens. You can read a recipe. You can follow a video. You can have somebody standing over your shoulder and telling you step by step, making sure you don't make any mistakes. But at the end of the day, to be a good baker, it has to come down to feel. And for Kendra's family, especially for her grandma, it's a good thing that it did. My grandma has always been a very independent woman. She grew up on a farm in Pennsylvania, so she's always loved to be outdoors. Every morning before sunrise, she would go for hikes in the mountains behind her home. She would pick berries, she would forage for mushrooms. She grew a huge vegetable garden every year, apple trees. My grandfather and her loved bird watching. They would sit outside their deck for hours watching the hummingbirds. They had to do everything together because she was his independence as well. He's been handicapped for over 35 years. He can't drive. Anywhere he's needed to go, they would go together. She would drive him. She would mow the grass because he couldn't do it. About three years ago, she started to have some problems seeing. And in a very short period of time, she was completely blind. And for her, I think that was worse than dying. There was nothing the doctors could do. She will be blind now for the rest of her life. She doesn't garden anymore. They don't bird watch together. She doesn't go for hikes because she's afraid she'll get lost. But there's one thing that's unchanged. Whenever we go to her house to visit, there will still be a loaf of bread sitting on the counter. My grandfather will lead her into the kitchen and he'll set out her flowers. And she'll take a handful of this and a pinch of that and she'll knead it. She can still bake because she doesn't have to see. She just needs to feel. We'll be right back with home study after a word from our sponsors. Guys, I want to tell you about Power Plucker. When we first started raising meat chickens on our farm, Squash Hollow Farm, we were looking for a way to speed up the plucking. When you pluck by hand, it's messy, it's time consuming, it drags the whole process of butcher day out. And if you're raising enough chickens to feed your family for the year, it takes way too long doing it by hand. But I couldn't spend $1,000 on a commercial grade plucker. It was just too expensive. It didn't make financial sense for a small homestead to do. Then I found the power plucker. Eli over at Power Plucker has made a tool that connects to a drill bit 
and allows you to pluck a chicken much quicker than you can by hand, much more efficiently. The tool is less than 40 bucks. You can't beat that. I ordered three of them right out the gate. And now when I teach the at-home butcher class on my farm, Squash Hollow Farm, we give everyone a power plucker to go home with. They're an excellent tool for a homestead size operation. You need to check out powerplucker.com. And they have a lot more than just a power plucker. They have processing kits, killing cones, great knives, and even mess-free waters for those of you who keep your chickens alive. Visit powerplucker.com to learn more and tell them you heard about them on the Homesteady Podcast. Members of the Homesteady Show can receive a 10% off on their entire purchase. Go to the members-only library or check your emails. I'll be sending you that code. If you're not a Homesteady Pioneer, become one. We're getting you all kinds of bonus content and discounts on some of the best stuff that we use. To receive that 10% off on your entire power plugger purchase, become a Homesteady Pioneer. Now let's get back to the show. In the last few months, my wife's been getting more and more into sourdough baking. So we have a sourdough that's living with us in our house, and we have to care for it. Every night my wife tucks it in, tells it a bedtime story. It's like one of these half-living things that you got to take care of and got to remember. Kind of like those Tamagotchis, those little uh, digital pets. They were super popular in the 90s. You guys remember those? Beanie, beanie, beanie. Time to feed the thing. Otherwise, it's going to die. Then you're going to feel like an incompetent well, parent. But isn't Tamagotchi her new favorite pet? Yes. So what's that make me? Fish sticks? Oh, are you hungry? Oh, no, 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 no. By all means, feed it. Play to your heart's content. This commercial that you're listening to was a commercial run for the Tamagotchis. Back in the late 90s, they were all the rage. About the time I was in middle school. So Tamagotchi can pause. I can pause, too. Want to see that again? Tamagotchi, the original version I remember of lots of kids had them, and you'd hear them firing off in class all around you. I never bothered. I kind of saw the inevitable coming. I'd forget about the thing, leave it in my backpack, and then I'd open it up after I got home from school only to find this little dead gigapet staring up at me. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to hurt my self-esteem by finding dead pets every day. I can't help but think about that every night my wife says while we're in bed, oh, I forgot, I gotta get back up and go feed the, go feed my sourdough. It's like one of these little pets, but without the convenient digital alarm. I'll leave the feeding to my wife. But sourdoughs are something that people have been caring for for ages. For literally centuries, men have been trying to keep sourdough starters alive. It was something that they held dear, something that meant survival. You see, back in the 1800s, French bakers brought the technique to California during the gold rush. Now, the California gold rush ran its course, and along with it, these sourdough techniques were spread to the miners. A couple years later, the late 1800s, we're talking like 1896, local miners in the Klondike area of the Yukon found gold, and news quickly spread all the way down to San Francisco. Before you know it, lots of those miners from San Francisco were packing up and moving to the Klondike, an area known for being brutally cold, long winters, temperatures could, le- temperatures could reach to negative 58 degrees. Brutal. And these were men coming from California, not used to the cold. So now imagine as they were bringing along all they could carry, 
on their backs. One of their most prized possessions was their sourdough starter. You see, the way sourdough works, you feed the starter and it creates a naturally occurring yeast. So now you don't need to add anything to your flour. You have that starter, you mix that with the flour, you don't need to keep yeast on you. You don't need baking soda. These men were headed to a region where supplies were limited. They couldn't expect to find what they needed to bake their daily bread. And so they brought their sourdough starter with them for survival. Now all they would need is to have that starter mixed with some flour, and they could have something to eat. So that starter was life and death to them. And they would literally keep it close to their body, using their body heat to keep the starter alive. You see, if a sourdough starter gets cold, it can slow down production. And it can actually stop producing. So to keep that from happening, men would sleep with a little pouch tied around their neck or tied around their waist, letting their own body heat keep that sourdough living, keeping it going. And that way they could every day bake themselves some bread. In fact, it was so important to them that old-time Alaskans today still are referred to as sourdoughs. Using your body heat to keep something alive. That sounds like a lot of work for a piece of bread. And to be perfectly honest, this whole process was beginning to feel like a lot of work to me. It took some dedication. Is all this work worth it? Are we really saving money and getting a better product for our time spent baking our own bread? Hey, same. <laughs> Bro. We forgot to been? press the button. Okay, I'm recording okay. now. <laughs> Good. I'm yeah. recording too. There's really only one way to know. For all you new listeners, this yes. is Accountant Mike. Explain to us, Accountant Mike, what is your relationship with bread like? Um, we I call him up it. to find it out if these homesteading adventures are really worth our time and, and like effort. The fluffiness to it? Yes. yes. Does, uh, does Leanna bake a lot of fresh bread? Not so much. Felicia does. Felicia oh, makes that's good. The he's family good. baker? Yeah, she's the family baker. So, can you do? this episode we talked about baking bread. Yes. We talked about baking period baking all kinds of stuff we talked about sourdough bread like period bread like old bread like ye oldie bread <laughs> like from a certain period no oh. i mean like baking period. oh like baking the whole... period yes i thought you said period bread and i'm like you mean like can we say the word period one more time <laughs> <laughs> Just cut this that gonna part be out. A, Just get rid of that part. This is going to be a funny interview. This is why we should not be recording these interviews. We have to figure out um, baking a loaf of bread versus just buying a loaf of bread. We're not talking Wonder Bread. We're talking like good quality, right. you know, something nice, grain, Ezekiel sprouted. I don't know, something good. So you buy um, it at Whole Foods. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's jump in. So what do we need to know? We need to know the recipe, what we need. We need to know what that costs. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, for this episode, we baked a loaf of sourdough nice. bread. It's called San Francisco style sourdough bread. And Why uh, is it San Francisco style? As it rises, it forms a small island on which to put inmates. <laughs> uh. Nice. So do you know how sourdough works? Are you familiar with Not the sourdough? Not really, no. Okay, so sourdough 
I'm I'm no sourdough scientist. Whoa. Um, so sourdough apparently, what I've learned from doing this episode, you order a starter from the internet. Nice. <laughs> it's the only place you can get it is from the internet. <laughs> apparently, the internet made sourdough. Nice. Um, so you order, you can order sourdough from the internet, or you can just, if you have a friend who has one, you get this starter, and then you keep feeding the starter. So it's like... It's like kefir. Oh, oh totally like kefir. You did kefir. I did kefir. I stopped because I couldn't feed it. It was too much. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, I forgot to feed the kefir. No! <laughs> then it becomes too strong and it's too awful. Yeah. Oh man, I've had like a month old kefir I forgot. Opened up that cabinet door and then closed it real quick and hoped Kendra would find it. <laughs> You have to remember to feed this thing. So you need starter, so you need to have to purchase the starter. But we're talking about baking bread. You're going to do it forever. Right. The starter is going to be like, as long as you keep feeding the starter, which every day takes like a cup and a cup. And as long as you, and so if I understand you correctly, like as long as you keep feeding this thing, you're you're good, right? Like you buy right. starter once and you feed it and you're good. Exactly. Okay. So the starter is going to be, if you are getting into this and keeping up with it, forget the car. It's like you know package of starters 15 bucks maybe okay so we have a bag of so now of course it was finally time to do the numbers we tried to figure out what one loaf of bread was costing us each day and so to do that we had to break down what each individual ingredient was costing us in the amounts that's required in a loaf of bread so we just broke down the one recipe cup of whole wheat flour Flour. We need five and a half cups of white bread flour. Water. We need two and a half cups of water. And salt. Two teaspoons of salt. Okay. And a quarter cup of starter. So anyway, now the amount of ingredients you use to feed your starter will depend on how much your family needs to eat every day. We decided on a number that worked for our family. You know, a cup. I think she does a cup and a cup. Okay. So factor in another cup every day of what you're doing. And what we do, to give you an idea, we go, we literally go through a loaf of bread a day. Right. So, so I like to- high bread usage. Yeah, we are definitely high bread usage. So <clears throat> my celiac, my grandma has celiac. She's legit. Yeah. She's been doing it for like 30 years. Sure. And um, you know, if she eats a piece of bread, she will be arrested. Because that's what they do to celiacs when they eat bread. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. HQ, we got a 101 at Panera. I'm going to need a little backup. Ma'am, what are you doing with the baguette? Oh, th this baguette? Ma'am, I'm going to only ask you one time. What are you doing with the well, baguette? A, You're registered celiac, aren't you? I'm going to need you to put that baguette uh, down and back away from the building. Uh, okay. Ma'am, I'm not going to ask again. Yeah, I'm going to need backup on this, boys. Ma'am, put the baguette down. I just want and step up Panera. against the wall right Give now. I said I put it down. Baguette. Was that a in your pocket? Don't even make me call up for backup. Baguettes, baguettes, what you gonna 
coming with us. <laughs> the celiac, please. Um, so she's legit celiac. She, uh, why did I talk about my? <laughs> I don't know. She came up like half of my family's gluten free, and oh. so we eat their half of the bread. And I'm talking extended family, like sixty people. <laughs> oh. So we eat like thirty people's worth of bread per day. Um, we literally go through a loaf a day. So we back to our recipe. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about using basically one cup of whole wheat flour, 0.592 grams in a pound, right? Okay. It's five pounds. I have pounds. no idea. You know that? Well, Google knows that. That's right. He does. <laughs> that guy, he knows what he's doing. So there's um, five. All right. Back to 120 grams. Where are we? Oh, 120 grams was yeah, what? Where what? are we? Let's get back to doing the numbers, please. 120 grams. All right. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. So we took the total amount of each ingredient, and we figured out what percentage of a bag that you would purchase that little amount would equal. So in a five-pound bag, one pound of flour, it equals about 20%. We got our numbers. So you've got 30 cents in the whole wheat, $1.45 in the white. And then, so we're up to $1.75, and then you... After totaling up the flour, we got our salt. 28 cents in salt. Oh, so you were pretty spot on for that 20 cent guess. Let's just throw in another 20 cents for starter, basically. So we're doing this whole, we're making this bread for like $2.23. $2.23. Now that takes Kendra every day 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she makes two loaves in that time. This uh, recipe that we just did is for two loaves. Okay. Oh, good. So, what is so it per loaf? That's pretty good. Yeah, you're great per loaf. You're like a dollar twelve per loaf. A dollar twelve. That's awesome. Yeah. For like a fresh, baked, delicious, yummy thing. Warm. Unless you have celiac. Okay, wait. Let's have a contest. How many adjectives? Take turns, and okay. we come up with bread, see who runs out first. Ready? Okay. I'll start. Yummy. Warm. Delicious. Scrumptious. Spongy. Um, squishy. Malleable. <laughs> I don't think malleable counts. Malleable is like if you have a soft metal... It's just malleals in my mouth. <laughs> twelve. So we could compare that to, I don't oh. know. I mean. All right. Here's something. Yeah. What you got? Just a little bit. Okay. So from Stop and Shop Peapod, it's $4.99 for a package, which is basically one loaf, right? I mean, sourdough panini bread. Oh, So okay. like it's a little bigger than normal and you know it's yeah oh man so this is a no-brainer yeah definitely it's totally worth it do it everyone should do it big thumbs up from accountant mike 148 in the morning and he thumbs is up sourdough bread (laughs) or any bread any baking well baking bread baking bread yeah come on we didn't do souffles today i mean like come on so what's your takeaway factor in time where we at even with the time, I think it's still totally worth it because it's one of those sort of things where it's got momentum to it, where once you start making your own bread, it seems like it's pretty easy to keep it going. And 
if you really want to go crazy, buy like a bread machine. I mean, that's still good bread. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Do it. Yeah, and this is very lo-fi. The, the loaves that Kendra does, she puts it on a baking pan. I mean, we didn't factor any of that in, but that's ridiculous. You got to have a baking pan. If you don't have a baking pan, If you don't have a go. baking pan or an oven, then you probably should not bake your own bread. Although some of our, uh, maybe we have a prepper audience out there who like cook with the power of the sun. Dude, I don't know. One of those solar. No, not uh, preppers. Preppers got to have stuff where they can like uh, bake stuff in a sh- underground shelter for like 12 years, man. <laughs> Episode about bunkers coming no, soon. No, you're not allowed. You are going to like take out a second mortgage on your house to buy a bunker. And I will not permit you. <laughs> when I buy mine and Mike thumbs down the purchase. <laughs> like, you idiot. Dude. But it's got a whole room for baking bread underground. Okay for itself. Yeah, but the thing is, like, do you even want to live in that world? I don't. (laughs) I don't. In the bunker world? I'm sorry. Bunker world means all the good espresso machines went down with the apocalypse. (laughs) I'm like, it's just not worth it, man. (laughs) Mike, accountant Mike's bunker would have to have, like, a Panera and a Starbucks. (laughs) Yeah, the entire staff you have down in the bunker, and you're like, guys, don't worry, we're paying oh, you. Oh, dude. Well, dude, thanks for the uh, breakdown. Thanks for staying up till two a.m. Yeah. All right, bro, get some sleep. <laughs> thanks, man. Peace. Today's episode was also brought to you by the Homesteady Pioneers. If you love Homesteady and you can't get enough, you want to have extra episodes, go to the website, thisishomesteady.com. Click on Become a Pioneer. You're going to get an all-access pass to all our bonus content. We have extra episodes, we have classes, we have bonus videos, and there's something really amazing coming up next month. We are partnering with Square Globe Studios. These guys make incredible videos. Because these guys love to fish, they said, hey, let's make some fishing videos. Let's come on the farm. We'll make some farming videos. So coming soon, like next month, we have the dates planned. The guys at Square Globe Studios who make fantastic, beautiful, cinematic artwork are going to come onto the farm. We're going to film a chicken butcher class that we host here on farm. It is going to be filmed with Canon DSLRs and GoPros. Maybe we'll use their drone. I don't know why, but we'll find a reason why. It's going to be an amazing video. We're going to do a lot of these videos with Square Globe Studios. And they're going to be available to members. Now here's the thing. It's going to cost us a little bit more money to do these projects. So the membership price is going to go up. But it's still currently only $3 to become a member of the Homesteady Show. So if you want to have access to all this bonus content, the stuff that's already there, and the amazing stuff we're going to make with Square Globe Studios, and you only want to pay $3 a month for it, stop what you're doing now. Go to the website, thisishomesteady.com. Click on Become a Pioneer. Become a Pioneer. You're going to support the show. We love you for that. Because of that, you're going to get bonus content, you're also going to get discounts. Remember, everybody who's a Pioneer is going to get 10% off their purchase from Power Plucker. 
this show's sponsor. We're going to get a lot more discounts and a lot more awesome content. And it's only $3 a month right now. But that is going to be gone soon. So go right now and become a member. And thanks. Now how did I do on my bread? Let's find out. It, is, it seemed a little doughy still. This one. And it's got like a ridiculous foot on that <laughs> one. Not the prettiest look. What happened to your bread? Oh no, I did something wrong. When I pulled my loaf out of the oven, I could see something had gone wrong. Weird, babe. I don't know what happened to your bread. What in the world? There was this strange shape, kind of a growth on the bottom, like a foot. If you can picture what a macaroon looks like, it kind of looked like that. It had separated in the middle and there was kind of a wider base. It did not look pretty. Later, Kendra told me the mistake I made was I forgot to cut the slits in the top, allowing it to expand upward instead of wherever it wanted to. But let's be honest, the cosmetics of the loaf are really not the most important part. The most important part is what does it taste like with a big slab of fresh butter on it. So I sliced it up and I served it to my kids. And they burned through it. I asked them what they thought. Eh, it was nothing special. Nobody begged me for another one. They liked it just as much as any other fresh-baked loaf. I haven't exactly found a new hobby, but I know that with a little bit of help, I can turn out an edible loaf of bread, even if it's not pretty. So go and find yourself a recipe. Maybe it's for a nice loaf of white bread. Maybe a whole wheat. Maybe you're going to get adventurous. Head on over to that internet and order yourself a sourdough starter. If you've never baked anything in your life, try it. Find somebody who's good at it, have them guide you through the process, or do what my wife did and just find a family recipe that'll work. Get your hands covered up in flour, start kneading, use those CPR muscles, and start enjoying fresh baked bread. It's a skill that everybody should at least try to learn. Something that's well worth doing, and at the end of the day, something that's just delicious. So why would you argue with that? Get those ovens warmed, let the dough rise, and until next time, remember, the road is rocky, make home steady. We were getting some comments on the website asking when this episode was going to air. We know it took a little longer than usual. And we thank our sponsor, Power Plucker, for hanging in there. Go check out Power Plucker. Uh, see what they've got to offer. Thank you, Power Plucker, for sponsoring the show. The reason the show ran a little late was because we had a really scary emergency on the farm this month. An emergency that involved poison and a weekend at the hospital. You'll hear this entire story in next month's special episode of Homesteady.